0: Due to the graphic nature of this program, listener discretion is advised.
1: Welcome to the Viruses Podcast, it's Graham D here, along with my good old pal, CJ, how are you? Good and talk. Whoa, hang on a minute, this is getting too cold. for me. I'm very European. Oh yeah? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, why
0: not? Why not indeed? Yeah.
1: Cool. Um, I don't know what to say after that. So yeah, <laughs> episode three, here we are. Some, uh, some big things been happening on the Viruses front, so we've got a new website, the uh, link's in the uh, show notes for you to check out. That was really cool to build, as well as having our Prey t-shirt, which is exclusively available from that site. We've also started releasing designs through Redbubble and also Threadless in the US. This allows us to release some different designs on some different products and just better reach more people. You know, a lot of you've been interactive from all over the world. Hopefully, we can uh, we can reach you that way. So, um, what have you been up to, mate?
0: Um, I'm been super excited. Super. Who says super? People say that, don't they? Super. Super is a word. Super. Okay. There's even
1: a superhero. Is it? Oh, that's true there's a whole any, family any that? hyphens involved I don't know I think it depends which, which comic you read yeah
0: let's not go there edit no I'm super excited no I've said it again I don't want to say it again <laughs> you should it's super okay I'm All right. super. third time lucky I'm super excited for <laughs> Borderlands 3 um, oh yeah. gamers out there Borderlands 3 is announced for September and I completely I love Borderlands it was like shooter looter redefined games like Destiny borrowed heavily from, from Borderlands and in terms of like the, the you know, loads of guns and loads of manufacturers and and looting and stuff, and uh, yeah, Borderlands 3 is coming uh, in September. I'm so excited for that game. See, I didn't say Super then. They re- remastered um, Borderlands 1 for the Xbox One. There's like a remaster, and you can get that on the Xbox Store, um, and uh, other outlets are available. Um, <laughs> and that's been really well done as well. So yeah, I am totally having a Borderlands Fest at the moment. Nice. Loving it.
1: Nice. No, you now I've played Borderlands at yours, and it's, it's good fun it's good fun no, it's, good. It's, it's funny you mentioned a computer game fun actually because I've been playing I haven't really played Xbox for a little while but I, I've had a, been playing it recently so I've delved back into one of my favourite games which is uh, Gears of War I got back to playing that for a little while and also I got my uh, kind of guilty pleasure and also, I don't know if it's a guilty pleasure I think it depends what side of the fence it's done but I still play Skyrim I do love a bit of Skyrim I don't know what it is I think it's just the fact that you can especially with like you can like mod it so you can make it kind of more relevant mm. to what you want to do mm. I think did
0: didn't they make a TV show out of that? it was like throne game or something
1: <laughs> game of thrones
0: that's, i don't know I've,
1: I've heard of it yeah well yeah well that's what, that's the other thing i did Watched the last series of that which was um yeah let's go out to skyrim <laughs> that's, got, that's got dragons and that's got a good story and uh that wasn't a bit of disappointment at the end but never mind uh that's, that's probably maybe uh, for a different conversation yeah so i've been uh, i've been playing those those games I don't, yeah I think this time of year right because I think the, kind of all the shows are on soon, right all the sort of unveils for all the big Christmas games. yeah e- E3 is because,
0: uh, June isn't
1: it Yeah, because I think again, being a, a gears of War fan, I think five is being unveiled at E3 and I think I've seen something like the new Call of Duty games coming out and we're getting to that time of year now where all that kind of uh, all that hype starts to build, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is pretty cool. I suppose the other one, which you know, it comes out every year. It's not a massive surprise. is being the NFL fan that I am. I think I've played Madden since like the 90s. I think I've got like some 90s Madden games. Not still got them. But when you used to have
0: to pull back on the joystick, and yeah. <laughs> select, your, <laughs> select <laughs> one of three
1: receivers. They were the days. They were the days. People under
0: 18 to... going, "What's a joystick?"
1: Oh no! I used to get past Windows because they couldn't show the whole field. <laughs> That's back in the day. And uh, actually, randomly as well, I went to uh, like a convention thing at the weekend. And they had some old arcade games you could play. And they had Mortal Kombat 2,
0: Oof. which I
1: remember playing loads when I went on holiday as a kid. Spent all my holiday money on Mortal Kombat 2, and uh, that was good fun. I do enjoy the bit of Mortal Kombat game. And what else did you Because you play quite a few games, right?
0: Um, yeah, Rage 2 came out, which is a lot of fun. The Rage is ID's version of Borderlands, if you like, and kind of it's post apocalyptic. Um, it's kind of run around, shoot stuff, blow stuff up, have loads of fun doing it kind of thing. It's not particularly. Um, brain engaging but it, it's a lot of fun. Uh the original Rage was in the three sixty about four or five years ago, maybe longer. And um, Rage Two obviously graphically is all up to date with sort of four K type graphics and stuff. And that's an awful lot of fun. Uh Rage Two. If you like your shooter looters and you want a gap to fill Borderlands um then do that. Uh, I'm a big Destiny player as well, as you as you probably know. Um yeah. so a new D L C for that is out and waiting on news, well at EE as you just mentioned for the, the, the sort of year three expansion which will be in September. So um, I'm not one of these people in knocks Destiny 2 because it's always evolving and yeah, there's things about the game you like or don't like. But it's just it's a lot of fun games. They're all community games as well. You find a bunch of people that you play with. Um, it can be an awful, awful lot of fun. Not so much fun solo, mm. um, but with the people that I play with in, in clans and stuff. it's. it's cool.
1: Yeah, I think that's one of the things I liked. I was quite, I was quite nervous about getting into that side of things. Um, but yeah, I, in, through a couple of games actually, again, mainly through the, the Gears stuff, When you play like cooperative modes where you're kind of working together rather than trying to kill each other yeah i've met some really cool people like literally all over the world like you know like uh, even i remember i used to play gears uh three and i kind of of met this german guy and he had friends that like didn't even speak english but we all played as part of the team and they were really good times like you know you just like end up chatting and learn more about them and i think that you know that's really cool i really like that aspect of it And then with with, again with gears four again I met some uh, some guys that were kind of a cross team between the UK and in the USA, and we managed to sort find times that kind of worked for everyone to play, Uh, and uh, and they they were really good they were really good it sort of shows you
0: how how small the world is really doesn't it Uh, it's
1: mad isn't it you can literally just chat to someone in their living room just like that I know it sounds silly you know this day and age but like I suppose we we both come from an era where you did just play games on your own you know I had like a Mega Drive back in the day that's kind of my era like you know Sonic (laughs) One. Uh, Barcelona, ninety-two Olympics. <laughs> what a game that was. So yeah, I suppose like as someone who's like never really been into like forums or chat rooms, yeah, yeah, yeah. it can be quite a nerve wracking thing. But yeah, I met some like super cool people. Obviously, you meet some douchebags, which is you know, but that's life, right? Yeah, you, you can you yeah, can walk down the street and meet three people that are awesome and two that aren't. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do think the gaming community community even, um, is pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah, like I say, you you'll always meet that annoying annoying person, but. Overall, I've always had good experiences. With yeah, absolutely. Put it I, say,
0: I mean, I, I play with people from Australia, from America, from Canada. Um, I did a, a raid once on Destiny with a, with a guy from uh, an Arab clan, um, they're all based in the Middle East. And the call-outs they needed for the raid, they knew in English, but the rest of it was Arabic. And I was like, I don't speak a word of Arabic. So I quickly Googled a few words like thank you and that sort of stuff. Nice. And it was a lot of fun because they cause they kind of seemed to appreciate that I'd made a bit of an effort. And obviously I wasn't sort of going, what, what, every five seconds. I was just listening for the calls. And, um, you know, we we had a great, we had a great fun. It was, it was really good. And that's what gaming community does. It brings like the world together. I and mean, obviously there's a lot of politics going on at the moment with various issues with trump and middle east and isis and that kind of stuff which we're not interested in talking about on this podcast but you play with people from those parts of the world um, which you only tend to hear bad things about on the news and and you realize actually these are people too Mm. you know in these areas where there's various things going on and it's basically that's what it is it's a bunch of guys girls coming together having some fun and that's Mm. that's awesome
1: absolutely I agree. would it be cool like if we could change parts of governments with like computer game characters
0: that is the most beautiful segue I've ever heard in my life.
1: We should do that.
0: We should do that.
1: Okay. Well, why are we going to sort that out? <laughs> Let's go to some music.
0: We have a track from UK Thrash's Hellgrind, which you can find at hellgrind.co.uk. Uh, if you like old school Slayer type thrash, this is the band for you. Uh, coming up a bit later on, we have the conclusive third part of our fascinating interview with published author and musician James Goldsworthy. You won't believe some of what you're about to hear on that. It's it's tremendously great stuff. And the draft Relentless feature we've had on the previous two episodes, uh, we're going to completely ad-lib this time because we've just decided <laughs> that we should actually create a government based on the video game characters. Um, Obviously, following on from the episode 2, Zombie Apocalypse, it kind of makes a bit of sense. Plus, you know, the government's a bit rubbish. I think we can all agree that governments around the world are probably in turmoil at the moment. So we very quickly Googled the top video game characters from a website called GameDesigning.org, and they've given us their their sort of top 50. We're not going to do all 50, but we'll go with the top 20 video game characters, and we will make a new government from them.
1: Cool. Cue music.
0: All right, Mavericks. Ready to see what you're fighting today?
2: The Executioner's come to town.
1: Okay, so the top 20, we have Bowser from the Mario world. Marcus Phoenix from Gears of War. Mega Man. I don't think anything that why is it right that whenever anything has like a, a cool describing word in it is never what it is. Like Best Western. Is it the best? <laughs> is it even Western? Some of them are in the East.
0: I stayed in one in Norwich, so
1: Maybe. So it's Mega Man. Max Payne. Terrible movie, but I got friends who like the game. Then we've got a run of there's a few Mortal Kombat characters in here. So we've got Sub Zero. I can't pronounce it. Kratos, Kratos. Kratos. Kratos from God of War, which always looks quite good fun. Katana from Mortal Kombat. Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. Uh, ganondorf that sounds like some sort of german meat what is that who <laughs> what's he from i don't know what he's from again it's probably like fans of him like absolutely raging right now i'd,
0: I'd like to think that was a german sausage I, I could go for a bit of ganondorf a bit of, bit of <laughs> sauerkraut right now i could go for that
1: <laughs> and then we've got uh, pac-man you all know who pac-man is uh, duke nukem at 10 come get some cloud strife from nine i believe it's from final fantasy Seven. Uh, eight is uh, Gerald O'Rivia, which is from The Witcher. They've got Lara Croft from Tomb Raider, Princess Peach again from the Mario World, Solid Snake from Metal Gear Solid, Mario himself, Link from Zelda, John Marston from the Red Dead games, which I haven't played actually, but I quite fancy because I'm a massive GTA fan, but haven't played Red Dead.
0: They're supposed to be, and um, the one that came out recently graphically is supposed to be stunning. I've not played it. Yeah, yet, I've,
1: but... I've heard good things. Another one, they got the Master Chief from Halo, which, uh, as far as I'm concerned, is an awesome character in a pants game.
0: Yeah, I'll go with that. I
1: don't really no. like Halo. I'm, no. g- I'm going to put it out there. I just find it a little bit like... I think he's a really cool character and I've actually watched a couple of the films They did into some films as well. And they're quite good. But I don't know, the game is it's a bit... I don't know. Cartoony for me. I don't quite... Never yeah, really gone, yeah was it was
0: you? a bit childish. I don't want to say that because there's loads of older people who love Halo and, and yeah. Yeah, fair play to them. But it it, it struck me as a, a bit of a sort of a, a kid's game. Not quite as kid's as Overwatch, but yeah, I didn't really like it. But obviously Bungie, the, the makers of Halo, then went on to make Destiny, which is a more adult yeah. version of Halo, if you will. With a bit more to it than that. But, yeah, um, I
1: get you know, it's popular. So fair play to you. But for me, it's never floated my boat. No, fair play. Cool, well, you, all you,
0: right. Can, you, you, you can't ride a boat. I could sail you a, boat. a boat. Can you sail a boat?
1: On my own. Yeah. I can I bet I can elbow alright
0: Phileas Fogg <laughs> was he in a balloon I no. not know
1: <laughs> Captain, Captain Brownbeard cool alright so who's your fancy for uh, have you got any, any government ideas for that, this motley crew well the
0: first one that springs to mind is that um, if you are following on a, in a wake of you know a zombie apocalypse like in episode 2 um, the, the infrastructure is going to be knackered so I'd like to nominate Mario uh, right. for Minister of uh, Infrastructure and Plumbing <laughs>
1: Nice. See, I quite like the idea of having Mario as the minister for transport. We could take all the cars off the road and just drive around in Mario cars. <laughs> and then if they like, we could replace... What if like you could replace road rage with just throwing mushrooms at people? How cool would that be? Someone cuts you up, drop a banana skin, you throw a mushroom at them. <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious. That'd be so much fun. Just get rid of all cars. Everyone gets to ride but a Mario If someone car. gets
0: angry, they kind of get out and start flashing multiple colours with like stars around them.
1: <laughs> it would make the journey to work so much more interesting. It certainly
0: would. I mean, i spend enough time on the M25. I think that would definitely liven up my journey.
1: <laughs> Mario's definitely in there. He may, he may even have a dual role. I think the other one, I think yeah, potentially you've got, uh, we'd just say Sub-Zero, right? So he could be our environmental minister. The ice caps are melting. He could just rebuild them. That's genius. Job done. That's genius. We've just saved the planet and created a new government at the same time.
0: I think also um, I would use uh, Pac Man <laughs> on cleanup duty. So oh, absolutely. Minister for the Environment, he'll just eat everything. Yeah, <laughs> if there's like nuclear waste or if there's, you know, some, lots of rubbish in the sea, he'll just go around and eat it. Job done. Pac Man, clean, clean up the environment. Okay, that sounds
1: great. I would definitely have to go, as I may already mentioned, big Gears of War fans, so I was pleased Marcus Phoenix is in there. He's, he's got to be a kind of, uh, what's it, like defence minister, right? You know, sec- secretary of defence, whatever. He's a a pretty badass dude. And the thing about the the Gears games as well is that like, if you, especially if you get really into it and you kind of read books and stuff, he's quite a compassionate dude as well. So uh, I think he'd be quite good as our uh, sort of chief of defense. On the flip side, though, Jude Nukem could be quite fun in that role as well. <laughs> uh,
0: so, yeah, yeah! I was gonna say Duke Nukem—he's the Arnold Schwarzenegger of video games, isn't he? With all the awesome catchphrases, some of which he, he some of which he quotes are from Ash from um, Army Darkness, which we've already discussed. You've not seen. No. Uh, and you haven't watched it, in the you know since episode one. <laughs> no, so. I've been busy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the minister for for yeah, but them too as like foreign minister or, or you know, secretary of state for. Sorting stuff out. No, it would mess. We, I mean we've got to create new titles for these people, because I mean, it's a new government. So, minister for sorting stuff out. <laughs> send them two round. The Russians are having a little go. Just send them two round. They go, oh, knock it off. <laughs> Come get some. And you get Putin going. Oh yes, whatever, whatever.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: I like to think of Putin like some would appear in some great big mech machine, and uh, Duke Newcomb's like you know on a football field, having to take him out. I, I quite enjoy seeing that. Nice.
1: Who else have we got in here that we, uh, we can assign? We'll always edit out the gap while we're looking.
0: <laughs> you could have Ganondorf as Minister for for Food.
1: Sausage Minister. As he sounds
0: like a sausage, um, <laughs> we could have him as Minister for Food and Culture. Oh nice. Uh, to you know, place a, a new culture.
1: Nice. Uh, in, in... I kind of have the idea of like Scorpion being like, almost at the head of the union for like lollipop ladies. <laughs> he, could literally, he could put his little pole up, get over here, and then people could cross the road. Would mess with him either, would they? No, you, 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 you yeah, <laughs> all the traffic is going to stop.
0: I'd have to give Mega Man a position of some kind. Um, he's pretty mega because he's pretty mega, yeah. He's sort of he, like Ron Seal, you know, he does exactly what it says on the tin. <laughs> other fence paneling <laughs> coatings are available, yeah. I, I think, I think he would. Uh, no, he's pretty crap actually. Scrap that. <laughs> you can tell we haven't rehearsed this. Oh, this is completely on the fly, absolutely. What's all about. You're a final, Fantasy, you're a Final Fantasy guy, right? Yeah, um, I've actually played Final Fantasy 9 recently. Uh, they did the version for the Xbox One, um, seven and nine and ten, I think they did remasters for, um, which is pretty cool, a bit nostalgia because like my uni days were playing universe, uh, Final Fantasy seven VII and eight, and Cloud is like the iconic hero of the Final Fantasy, along with Sephiroth, who's like or Sephiroth, who's the the, the sort of iconic baddie. They're the two characters that you see. Both have massive swords, which are like nine times the size of them for some reason. They can still magically lift them. So, I mean, he's not quite on the level of Duke Nukem or Marcus Phoenix, but he could probably be, you know, find a role for him with his giant sword. <laughs> peacekeeping or something. The sword of peacekeeping. The sword of peacekeeping. That's what it
1: should be called. Uh, I feel like we have to find a position for Lara Croft. We do some sort of like exploration role.
0: Yeah, like like uh, like sort of minister for um, finding new new land or something like to. Property development, property development manager.
1: She can, she could be the housing minister, <laughs> minister
0: S. Yeah, well to be fair, she can. I mean, obviously, normally following it, you're gonna have like a, a zombie apocalypse um, scenario. Then they normally do sort of start behaving themselves, and you know, like Bub from Day of the Dead is gonna be, you know, they're gonna start acting a bit more human and that sort of stuff. So maybe she can build houses for them all in swamps. Maybe, um, you know, with an in island swamps. around them to, to, to keep <laughs> to keep them sort of safe. And swamps is uh,
1: swamps is a new thing. We've we've destroyed the forests. Yeah. We've we've, we've colonised everywhere. Next, we're taking over the swamps.
0: Absolutely. So she's minister for new housing and swamps.
1: Nice. Good job, yeah. Lara. You, you hero. And then yes, yeah, again, so- solid snake. I think is it is it Metal Gear Solid? Where I think it's on one of the older consoles. Where to beat a bad guy, he can like predict what you're doing. You have to switch your controller into a different port.
0: No, uh, yeah, that was one of the hacks for yeah one yeah. Of, one, of the, one of the boss fights. On Metal Gear yeah, um, so Solid. Yeah, it's been remember. a long time since I played that franchise. To yeah, it, yeah. He could be intelligence minister. He, he, yeah, he would, he would be MI7. We'd, we'd create a new Minister of Intelligence.
1: And then, like, look at uh, Link from Zelda. And he could be like our music minister, right? Because didn't he play the Ocarina? Yes. Yeah, that's ah, that's yeah. like a little flute thing, right?
0: In fact, he could teach the zombies to play Ocarina. Him and Lara Croft in a swamp. <laughs> teaching zombies to That's behave cool. and play ocarina or you maybe you conco- can concoct a magical tune that keeps them like from like um, raging or, or, or whatever yeah like the pipe piper like the pipe piper yeah
1: yeah i think we've exhausted them <laughs> i think we've pretty much murdered that list <laughs> i don't know are there any notable exceptions you'd put in your uh that aren't in the top 20 i'm surprised sonic isn't in the top 20
0: no sonic was number um sonic's in there number 28 right? i mean there are loads that have been missed out i mean pikachu's in there for no reason whatsoever Ugh. Uh, you've got Banjo Kazooie, you've got Donkey Kong, these are honorable mentions. Agent 47, obviously, from, from the Hitman series. Now, he, he would be a good MI8. Uh, uh, MI8, MI 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 he he's, he's even got the suit. He's even got the suit. Well, MI5 and MI6, the difference is, is domestic and international espionage. espionage. Um, so he can be like the international one. Have you seen Hitman film, by the way?
1: I've seen the first one with, one with Timothy, Timothy, Timothy Elephant. Elephant, Elephant. <laughs> Timothy, Timothy Elephant. I thought that was all right actually. I did, it was excellent. It was all right. I haven't seen. There's another. I think there's been another one since, which I haven't seen. No,
0: but it hasn't got him in
1: it though. So no. My only criticism were those. Were well, with the first film was that I think he needed to be the character wasn't quite like I don't know, like stern enough needs maybe be a little bit older as well yeah so, so but that's someone, just like the fan, that's my fanboy side coming out
0: no i mean and it's true sometimes it, a film franchise makes a character and and the actor they pick is really good timothy oliphant as as agent 47 is superb um and the punisher was the same thomas jane as, as the punisher in the first film with john travolta was a great film absolutely loved it from from start to finish and then the second one was just a, a real stinker because they, the the actor wasn't as good who played the the the, the punisher and the storyline was was a bit less interesting as well, but you know, as soon as you change the character, uh, it's actually a weakness in the Terminator franchise for me uh, because John Connor's been played by about eight different people now, and it's difficult to kind of like see strength in a character and see continuity in a character when there's always someone different playing them. You know, as the hero of mankind is. um
1: Yeah, I think the story it can be like hard to follow as well. Like he's kind of like you know we're. You know what order do you watch them in? Stuff like that. You know, it can kind of, kind of hard to sort of work out where you are in the timeline of events because obviously, yeah, like you say, it doesn't. They don't necessarily follow on. They don't use the same characters. It's not like say, like uh, for example, like I only recently saw uh, Avengers Endgame, and it works really well because obviously all the characters are the same. You know, they they do really well kind of going back to the previous movies and stuff like that. Whereas I think things like Terminator and Aliens the same, Predators the same. Mm. They keep trying to kind of kickstart it, but they never really make enough films that make sense. Yeah, yeah. none of them follow on, so they're all just sort of random, patchy installments. And they're not bad, you know. Some of them are good, but uh, it, it, they don't always have like that. Especially like when you compare it to sort of the original Alien films that do, you know, they do follow the story of Ripley and they carry on. Some of the new ones, they just sort of, sort of slot in at random points. And yeah, quite hard uh, to follow yeah. sometimes.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that would be Terminator. It does that? And you know, they keep rebooting it, and, and there's another one coming out, I think, later on this year where it's supposed to follow on from number two and it's like they ignore everything else they've done and if you're trying to follow like I appreciate that like with the idea of infinite time travel there are infinite storylines I get that but you it's doing it all with different cast all the time it's really hard to put any kind of thread together with it like if you watch the Sarah Connor Chronicles which is excellent with uh, Lena Headey as, as Sarah Connor then it's then not referenced in the other films and you're thinking well where does this all tie together you know there's only so so much you can say for this is infinite timelines but without it being like so massively sporadic that it kind of gets a bit a bit lost really um, i'm quite pleased to see handsome jack gets a mention in this uh top 50 gamedesigning.org their top 50 obviously we were talking about borderlands early on he's a great video game buddy he'd make a good um, intergalactic space travel and weaponry minister to defend Earth. you
1: can go master chief he's good in the uh
0: or well, you can send LG Master Chief best. out. Master Chief can be like commander in chief of like intergalactic armed forces with Handsome amazing. Jack as the uh, the brains behind it, the Alistair Campbell of intergalactic <laughs> space travel. Nice.
1: Earthworm Jim's <laughs> on the list. Earthworm, what a game! <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know what to recommend Earthworm Jim, but you have got to have him in, just to have him there. Just to have. What him would in. you give
0: him though? What would you give Earthworm Jim? Earthworm I mean? Jim. Construction. Mud Minister.
1: I don't, I don't know i don't know cool well yeah that was fine i hope you enjoyed our kind of ad hoc ad hoc <laughs> segment making just random stuff up Um uh, but yeah let us know who, who what computer games or even you know maybe even what film characters you'd put in a government uh viruses clothing at gmail.com and now we have part three of our chat with james goldworthy
0: The fact that you have made a success of yourself hmm. is your story. And that's what is so amazing. You know, you are now a very successful published author, training others, you're helping others, you're putting something back, if you will. And you are a successful person, despite the fact you lost your, your eyesight.
2: I'm actually quite grateful I lost my sight. What? See, that, that's, 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 that's exactly wow. the reaction I normally get. Utter silence and like, what? I was 28 when the sight loss started and I was 29 by the time it had completely gone. So at the time I was a retail manager, I had a full-time job, you know, I was playing in a band. Most most of what my life revolved around was was the band and gigging and stuff, which was really cool. And of course that came to a grinding halt. So that 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 was that, that was life. But then 15 years down the line I got a fantastic partner, got a nice home, got a couple of lovely dogs, I've got a successful business, and I've done things in the time that I've been blind, that I would never, in a million years, have had the opportunity to do. You've
0: flown a plane, haven't you? Oh, Tell us about this. This is the I, most incredible thing I've ever heard. Do you know what? I, I.
2: Do know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna hold that until last because you've got to save the best till last. So, since I've lost my sight in 2007, two years after my sight failed completely, I did a trek across the Sahara Desert. I was the only disabled person. There was 34 of us. Now, at that point, I got to the stage where I was kind of getting on with things. Now, I I wouldn't say I'd come completely to terms with the fact that I'd lost my sight and I was never going to get it back, but I was well on the way to it. And doing that trek was part of that, you know, moving forward with everything. And I'm really, really glad I did it. It was an amazing, amazing experience. I met some fantastic people. That was another pivotal point for me. And it was kind of there where I realised that actually I'd quite like to do some work around raising awareness of visual impairment, educating people about visual impairment and blindness, because out of the 34 people that were on that trek with me, I must have taught a good 50% of them how to guide a blind person properly, because a lot of them had not There were a couple of nurses there that already knew how to do it, which was great. I'd gone tank paintballing and driven the tank. That was wicked. If anybody gets a chance, do it. It's so cool. Um, I, I was part of a... Um, a project because um, I used to be a director of a vision impairment charity, um, and we we led a project called Risky Business, where we took groups of visually impaired and blind people out to do things that were out of the out of the ordinary. Um, we did some indoor rock climbing. God, that was that was hairy. Uh, we went to the snow dome in Milton Keynes and hurled ourselves down the uh, down the ski slope on on skis and snowboards. Something else that I've done, which I'm really, really proud of. I joined a blind shooting club, uh, which isn't shooting blind people before anybody. <laughs> <laughs> before, before we any get show. shut down yeah, on episode one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's a blind air rifle shooting club. So, And it was relatively local to me. And I went along for a, for a trial. And basically the way it works is you've got a standard... 1.77 caliber air rifle. It's a standard match air rifle that a sighted person would use. And on top of it, it's got a sight. Um, it looks like a telescopic sight. It's not. It's um, it's a light detecting sight. they they're actually made by Swarovski, believe it or not. Um, you know the jewelers, um, crystal makers, whatever they're called. Um, and what it is, is that that sight picks up a the a very bright point of light which is effectively over the bullseye of the target which is 10 meters away and you wear a pair of headphones and the sight converts what it's picking up into sound so you get like a, a pitch in your ears so the further away from the um bullseye you are you get like a low sort of mm, and the nearer you get it becomes higher so like, mm-hmm, until you're on it and it's a really high pitch Whee! not doing a wee but you know doing like that <laughs> And um, so you know you're on the bullseye. But what I loved about this was all of my skills of shooting when I could see. I was an ATC and an RAF marksman. I had my marksman distinctions in three different calibres of weapon. So I had. 0.22, 5.56 millimetre, and 7.62 millimetre. I had my um, ATC and REF distinction marks in all of those. But the thing is, so all of those skills are transferable. So they came with me. So I was doing this the first time I ever went there. I think I scored a 49 out of 50 on my target. So I was hooked, absolutely hooked. And I went back every week. And um, I eventually became became the chairman of the club. And I stayed for several years. Actually, it was about six years in the end. And the only reason I left was when I started my business because I couldn't run my business because the, the, uh, and do the Rifle Club because the Rifle Club was um, in the week. It was on a Monday. But I decided to leave after I entered the British National Blind Shooting Championships for the second year in, the, in a row. The first year I won a couple of bronze medals. The second year, and it was the year that I ended on, I entered two disciplines, one was um, supported which is where you stood and you've got your rifle resting on a stand and the other was freestanding which is literally that, you stood there with a the rifle, no support whatsoever. I entered both and I got bronze and silver medals in both of them. So I actually went out being a silver medalist at British national level for blind shooting.
0: And What's interesting is, is that again you've highlighted that you had a skill before and obviously that skill doesn't leave you despite the fact that obviously you can't see anymore. Yeah. Uh, and, and the body has skills. The body has muscle memory, if you like. It remembers how to do things. Yeah. So for anybody in a scenario, you know, it doesn't have to be shooting. It could be anything. Yes. Those skills can still be adapted. You know, well, in terms of like having hope, if you like, for somebody who's got a love of doing something. Yeah. Y- y- your story, kind of that part of your story, tells us that actually the body doesn't really forget.
2: You're talking about there about muscle memory and and, um, and just remembering with your brain is massive. But the, the absolute highlight was, I still can't believe I did this. Oh, for my fortieth birthday, my lovely partner Sarah, unbeknownst to me, bought me a flight in a Spitfire. Now, luckily, the uh, the chap who who was the pilot, his brother had been blind, so when he found out that I was going down, he wanted to take me up because he had all the experience of you know describing you know thing like that. When I was a a teenager and in my early twenties, I was in the air training course, so I did a lot of um, flying then, and he let me fly it. He didn't just let me sit there and hold the controls. He actually let me fly the Spitfire, which was. I just can't describe. I mean, you guys have seen the video. You, you know that that it's, it's an fr- <laughs> it's an amazing video. It's an amazing. I I reckon I I was grinning for about a month afterwards. You know, we did a victory roll. I didn't do the victory. I just just for clarification, I was not controlling the aircraft doing the victory roll because that wasn't allowed. But I, he did let me keep hold of the stick so I could feel what was going on. Um, but yeah, it was. Oh, it's just incredible, absolutely incredible I'll never forget it as long as I live absolutely awesome so this is so this is why this is why i'm like, do you know what I'm really grateful I was blind i'm I'm blind because I would never have got to have done that you know life's there for the taking do it
0: absolutely it's, it's a brilliant story and 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 hopefully a, a, an inspiration to just you you even like you know obviously we know you personally, but yeah you, know, you do actually inspire us in funny little ways in terms of like, just determination. You know, if if anybody ever thinks like, oh, I'm not really sure about this, and you think, look what James has achieved. I mean, cool. which is why why we, I mean, Graham and I both love your story. Uh, obviously, we'll be, we're your friend. We've been your friend for a long time, but we actually yeah. love your story as much as why. you wanted to be as part of this because it is the kind of thing that is inspirational. And we just sometimes think, oh, I'm stuck doing something mundane or whatever, and I think James has gone from like losing his eyesight to fly in a plane yeah now if you can do that anybody can do anything on the planet that's that's what i personally take from it but as a message to the people out there that is the message we want to put across yeah
1: yeah yeah it is, is massively inspiring and i think for you know for everything that our brand stands for in terms of emerging relentless from situations learning from outcomes i don't think anybody symbolizes that more than you
2: well that's cool man thank you
1: so thank you ever so much for sharing your story that's cool dude thank you thank you very much
0: and that was the final and conclusive part of our interview with with james um as as we said at the beginning amazing stuff i i i'm blown away by what this guy's achieved and i hope it serves as an inspiration to uh you all out there you know as to what you can do uh in the sort of face of adversity. it sounds cliche but i think you think you know what i mean
1: And that brings us to the end of episode three thanks for listening once again if you want to check out some of the latest designs go to redbubble.com and threadless.com just search virosis the designs
0: will come up there we'd like to take this opportunity to thank james and sarah for uh, lending us uh, purple gooseberry studios to record this podcast and until we speak to you all again the merger